0: From the Center for the Study and Teaching of Writing at The Ohio State University, this is Writer's Talk. My guests today are associated with the feature film Minus One, shot entirely on location in Columbus, Ohio. John Osbeck wrote and co-stars in the film. He co-directed with Denison University Cinema Department member Mark Wiskman, who also did the cinematography and editing. Comedian and WSNY morning co-host Dino Trapotis was executive producer. It was an official selection of the GI Film Festival in May, with a Columbus debut at the Arena Grand Theatre this summer. Welcome to Writer's Talk. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Well, tell me about the elevator talk for Minus One. How did you describe it when you were looking for funding, say? And maybe that's an executive producer question.
1: The elevator
0: talk? elevator wow. talk. You're in an elevator with somebody with a ton of money, and you say, this film is about... <laughs>
2: Wait, I'd like to meet this person. I'd like to oh, find that elevator. You haven't
0: found the elevator, yeah. the magic elevator? I thought all
2: movie people knew of
0: this I've, elevator. I've been in stairwells, apparently. So. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: It's, it's more, more, like a, more of a back alley conversation, <laughs> wasn't it? Okay. Um, you know, John first approached me about it, and, and in all sincerity, you were very passionate about the project. Mm-hmm. You should tell him, mm-hmm. you know... Why you felt so strongly about this film and and how you approached me with it and, mm-hmm. and why i said okay i'm in yeah uh it well the story is very personal to me uh
2: my brother uh served in the 391st military police battalion based out of fort hayes here in columbus uh and uh he was uh he was sent to iraq in uh end of 2003 came back in 2005 it's, physically home safe, but uh, I went to go see him off uh, at Fort Dix in New Jersey. Our family went to go see him off, and uh, that's where the crux of the, the film's story started. Uh, I wanted to do something that I could do uh, that would tell what soldiers go through, what their families go through, and uh, that's where the origins of the story started. So it was very close to me. So it, in describing what the movie was, you know, the base of it is, it's a story of three guys in a reserve unit, each at a different point in their life, a different age, uh, and it just talks about what they go through to prepare themselves to leave and how it affects their family and friends.
0: Okay. And uh, you're this is the first feature for you in which you were the writer, co-director, and I'll have a starring role. Yes. Right. Uh, a little so very personal. How does all how do having all of those f- functions within the movie change your relationship to the script? Because as a director before, you could complain about the script, right? As a star, you can complain about the script. But now, it's <laughs> yes.
2: harder to yes. do. Um, well, you know, it's, a, it's just such an interesting process of screenwriting, and particularly, like you said, being the writer and then taking it to directing co-directing it, uh, and being in it. it. You have to learn to distance yourself, I think, from the script, and ultimately think about what's good for the movie. Uh, which is not necessarily always what's in the script when you go to shoot it. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I wish I could have had more time before, but I think most people, most, uh, maybe most screenwriters think this, maybe not, but I, I wish I ha- would have had more time to work on the script before we got to the to the time where we were starting production.
1: But I'll chime in as far as, the, as from the producer's <clears> standpoint, <throat> that both of them, as they were co-directing and going through the script, uh, both of them were very generous and, uh, for lack of a better word, easily compliant when, when when things would come up that didn't feel right or sound right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took the suggestions, and, and collectively, I think we all came to terms on it.
3: Yeah, I mean... You yeah, I was going to say, you know, as... I mean, John worked on the script for a, a substantial amount of time, but what we didn't get to do in all the pre-production while trying to put together the cast and the crew and everything else, we never really had a lot of time to sit down and do a table read to really, you know, to take the words off the page. Mm-hmm. And that was... You know, unfortunate, and I think, you know, maybe cost us some time during the shooting, because the first time that we're actually hearing these actors as an ensemble group go through this was was actually when we were shooting it. Um, and so there were, you know, there were changes made, as happens in all films. There were changes made on the set, and then, you know, even after that fact, in the editing process, sort of tweaks mm-hmm. made to the story to for the benefit of the film as a whole. How
0: open were you... <clears throat> To people ad libbing their lines. I mean, there's actually a part in here where it says ad lib, ad lib, because mm-hmm. I have the official script here. Yeah, the shooting
1: script? Shooting script? The shooting <laughs> if
0: anybody wants to buy it, I got it. Was it? And uh, yeah, it on eBaying this. But it's, there, there's a, a couple places where they're just in a, like a crowd scene. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that's, I think, what you're referring to. But when you're on the set, there's something that you wrote that suddenly doesn't work for some reason. And you change it. How do you go about What's the process for that, for you as a writer-director, for this as opposed to when you're just a director on another movie? Uh,
2: for me, it was relying a lot on, on these two guys because, uh, you know, in particular, being being the actor in the scene <clears throat> and trying to be aware of what the other actor is doing performance-wise, uh, uh, trying to somehow mentally keep a, a tab on, okay, are the lines being said right? That's That's where... It was very apparent early on in pre-production that I needed to have somebody who was uh, behind the camera who could not only just you know be the cinematographer, but ultimately be the co-director. And, and that Mark can talk more about how we came to that as far as being co-directors. But uh, y- you just have to be very open to it, and 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 again think about what's best for the movie. And, and sometimes it doesn't happen until you're in the middle of a scene and you just kind of look at each other and you say it's just not working. Dino has a wonderful ear. Uh, uh, for dialogue, and Is it uh, this
1: it's this one. It's, it's that yeah. one. It's, okay. it's actually yeah, this one. No, I actually would close my eyes. I mean, Mark yeah. obviously can't. He's he's directed and shooting. One up hopes. Up. You know, <laughs> that, you know, I did
3: fall asleep a couple of times. Right. Right. But I would
1: actually close my eyes and listen to the to the words. And if they didn't sound right, I would say, you know, to Mark or to John. But more times Mark, because John was obviously engaged in other things. That didn't feel right. Didn't sound right to me. And and, and a good percentage of the time, we kind of nodded and went, yeah. I would also say that you know we were we had a great cast
2: and 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 some very fine actors and uh, actors will step up and, and say when something's not working for them to say that you know if, if they're not feeling comfortable or if the intention of the scene is not coming through what they're saying they'll they'll speak up and say it and that happened you know a couple different times where it was okay well let's try something else and that, that Did ended you ever up
1: working. Come to a point with your own dialogue where you said something and didn't, it didn't sound right to you?
3: <laughs> so have you read the script? <laughs> I, I, I mean, there was there was no ad libbing per se. There were no yeah. scenes. This was not uh, a sort of improv, and, and, f- and films are made that way. And right. sort of, you, you get in, the actors get into their character, and they become that character, and you sort of run with it. And that was not. But with directors like these, that was clearly well. <laughs> the box is closed. I don't outside. let if the actor steps outside the line. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't the case, but there were certainly changes made on set. Mm-hmm. And and again, part of the reason that John and I ended up working together on on this film in the capacity that we did was because. And I'm not an actor, so I can't speak to this fluently, but, you know, the actor needs to be in the moment. It needs to be that character and living it truthfully at that moment on screen. And for John to try to do that, to try to be that character, while also thinking, God, I hope the framing and the lighting is okay and did Mm -hmm. did I stand in the right place, is, you know, is inherently going to be a a problem. And so so this was, I think, the beginning of the rationale for us sort of working together as co-directors. Yeah.
0: Well, also seems to me to underrate it with all the cinematography that on this, in the script, it's very bare bones. It's just the words, a couple of descriptions of, you know, scene outside an office. So that you have to, as the cinematographer in some ways, fill that in. And the director is going to say, you know, here's what I want, but you're going to be choosing, you know, like the lens, the lighting, and things like that. Or you're working together. But that changes, you know, to get this huge impact on the story.
3: right. And and there's always, I mean, there's always a, 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 well, hopefully a good working relationship between a DP and the director, um, in devising, sort of laying out visually how the film's going to play out. You know, I've done this, I've, I've shot a number of independent features. I've been doing this professionally for about 20 years. So, you know, this wasn't my first rodeo, uh, but it, it took it I to remember a... remember reading about the rodeo <laughs> You didn't get here, the rodeo scene? No, deleted scene. Deleted or, deleted a, or the sequel, of the deleted scene yeah. that he was in. Okay. They get back. <laughs> I <laughs> don't want to talk about, their cowboys and clowns. Right, okay. Uh, Dino was both. Um, <laughs> I can't argue but, with <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, I now see I've totally lost my train of thought. But, yeah, so it, it, was, I mean, it was not a, an odd situation for me to be in. Personally, uh, the co-directing aspect is not something, and I've said this before, is not something I would recommend. It's something that, in, that inherently I would usually argue against mm-hmm. because it's tough for two people to steer the same boat, you know? It's just inherently a difficult mm-hmm. thing, particularly in a creative endeavor where some of this is in, is in John's head. And I read the script and then it's in my head and we're both trying to get what's in our head out onto the screen and maybe what we see in our heads is not exactly the same. And, you know, miraculously, serendipitously, somehow, John and I ended up working really, really well together on this. Okay. Um, Which, uh, again, as a rule, I would not recommend it. Don't try this at home Mm -hmm. because co-directing, I think, is fraught with potential pitfalls.
0: Well, with that on the background, uh, let's take a look at a scene from the movie
2: and uh, who's going to set it up? Yeah, What we're going to see here is uh, at at some point in these uh, the story takes place over two weeks uh, as these guys have already been notified that their unit's being called up, it's been activated to go to combat uh, they've spent a night uh, journey together uh, through all these different places and uh, they end up at a cemetery uh, where the the character David who I play uh, takes them to a a grave site of somebody that he had served with
4: So Marcus, he's trying to get a hold of them. And he sees the grenade. He's got this weird look on his face. It's like he knows... this is it. And then... Limbs flying, blood, there's lots of blood. He hung on for about a year and then I guess he just had enough. He died during his ninth operation. Every time I see Marilyn, she gets a drink. What happened to the other POW? they never prepare you for everything else you learn pretty quick if you don't you end up dead or you end up like Marcus they never prepare you for leaving or coming home how to deal with feeling guilty about coming home
0: and missing it. Tell me about being in the scene as an actor and what was going through your mind as you, uh, A, set it up as a co-director and B, acted it out. uh, Acted out the lines that you had written for yourself.
2: Uh, Well, you know, Mark kind of... Spoke to getting the scene set up. Uh, you know, I, I think kind of we, we fell into a really uh, we quickly fell into a g- good routine of uh, getting to the location. Uh, Mark, you know, we had done a lot of pre-production and in, in storyboarding, uh, and Mark had made a lot of great. Uh, like three D renderings of uh, the places where we were going to be, and knew where the camera was going to be at the time. So a lot of that stuff, as far as wondering where the camera was going to be, and, and uh, that was all Mark uh, for a lot of it. So, as being an actor, it made it, it made it a lot easier for me to step in and and get to the place where I needed to be for David. Uh, in, in, you know, in this particular scene, um, I'd had a, a lot of conversations with uh, not only my <clears throat> not only my brother who had served uh, there, but uh, some other guys in his unit, a couple of other uh, guys who had been there, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just trying to be truthful as an actor in that scene and, and what it's about, you know, particularly when he's talking about his friend who he lost. Um, the thing that I noticed in conversations and is that, uh, you know, these guys who have been there and served and been through that kind of thing are, are very, very tight-lipped when it comes to discussing those things with civilians, and I have I, I've not served in the military, uh, and so my hope was to get it right. My brother served as an advisor, as a kind of technical and military advisor to it, but I, I relied on a lot of, on my, my brother to help keep the dialogue honest as far as not being too... It's
1: rubbish. one of my favorite scenes in the film because I, it actually uh, that's... David, his character, is, is so closed off that uh, that's the first time, in my opinion, when you see this film that you really... Get into his head a little bit about how he really felt about because he had been there before and back. Mm-hmm. Not, this wasn't this, in the film; it's not his first tour. He's he's been there and back, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was some of his best work in in the, in the film at that particular scene.
2: And that scene is where he is able to open up because he's around two of the guys in his unit. So that's the first time you kind of get to see a little more personal side of, of the character.
0: And you see it interesting. I think it's a you've got these three characters set up to represent different kinds of. Uh, people that have been in the military, and you've got one. I think James has not been uh, in combat or is over there. Am I, is that
2: my right? Getting, so uh, yeah, James uh, Whitmore, who's the kind of the, I would say the, the middle-aged character of, of the three of them, uh, has. Oops, sorry, it's Robert. Is Robert, the, uh, the youngest. Right. Yeah, because Robert's right. the reflection yeah. off of the two older guys. Correct. Sorry, my Correct. I was, no, that, yeah, yeah. Robert has not served in any kind of forward situation. He's you know he's in college. He's kind of this soldier who is uh, supposed to represent, you know, the thousands of of kids who have signed up for the GI Bill, thought he would never really have to serve in combat and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's who Robert is right and i thought that was an interesting reflection off of the
0: other characters uh showing the sort of naivete the the fresh-faced kid going in and you've got a scene at the beginning in which he's playing a video game and uh, I, i was curious about that as a comment towards you know the building of the character here he is playing this really violent video game bragging to his friends he ends up dead and i hope i didn't that's not a big plot point in the video game. In the video game. In the video game. In the video game. In the video, in like, the yeah. video game not in the. You're yeah, you're giving away you, any plot points. That's not a plot point. No, no. You know? no. he has an unfortunate ending in the video game. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and uh, see, that's why I should never read these things before you come in. I'll just ask. His character in the video character game. character right. in the video game. Yeah. Yes. It's not going to yeah. ruin
1: it for anybody. No, that's right, not a big plot
0: point, but it's a it's a character development point. Yes. On on this, and it's sort of a comment about the people who have not served in the military versus the people that have, because he's quite brash. later Iran in the mm-hmm. film yeah, and i'm so, yeah. curious about as a writer where you drew from that was that something your brother would talk about in terms of sort of a quasi-civilian going into an environment like this
2: yeah it is uh you know I, i'm reminded when my brother came back uh from iraq and i went i went back to fort dix when he was uh pro- out processing and uh i got there the night that their bus pulled in from the uh, uh from the the plane and and all these you know guys piled off, and they got into formation, and the sergeant was getting ready to release them for the night, and <laughs> their, their sergeant said, all right, now, I don't want to hear about anybody getting busted for underage drinking, and it, like, struck this chord to me. I was like, man, you know, it re- really is that kind of thing of these kids are going over there. They, they, they can't buy a drink, but they can sure hold an, you know, an M16, mm-hmm. and uh, so I wanted to play into that kind of innocence, if you will, of, of not really knowing what it's about. And and speaking of what you said, as far as my brother's comments about these guys, before they left and after they came back were different things. You know, it was before they left. It was, you know, kind of these kids don't know what
1: they're talking about Mm -hmm. for not having been there.
2: And afterwards, there's obviously a, a, a different kind of bond that they have.
1: And that's my that's that was my appeal for the film because we've seen a, uh, a bunch of films about uh, guys over there. We've seen a bunch of films about guys about guys coming back from there, mm-hmm. but this is the first film I've seen where you know it's right before they go and all the emotional things that they have to deal with prior to going, and I think that, that minus one addresses a lot of that, and that's what I like about this film. Mm-hmm.
3: And one of the great things about that cemetery scene that we did, the clip that you just showed is that you know that's where things start getting real. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. for for everybody. John's character opens up a little bit and you see the other the reactions and sort of what's going on this is not this is not just a big joke. Mm-hmm. You know things are happening here. And it's yeah. the
0: longest speech in the movie. It's the <clears throat> longest I think soliloquy or yeah. monologue mm-hmm. that that you have in the movie and so yeah. it becomes the the sort of the anchor yeah. piece for the movie. You're listening to writers talk from the Ohio State University. My guests are the creator of the feature film Minus One, which was shot entirely on location in central Ohio. Executive producer Dino Tripodis, writer, star, and co-director John Osbeck, and co-director Mark Wiskman will return in a minute. You can see Minus One on June 29th at the Arena Grand Theater in Columbus. Check out www.minusonethemovie.com for more information. And while you're on the internet surf to writerstalk.org for information on our upcoming guests and links to other writing related events and programs it's a little piece of writing heaven on the internet and now back to the creators of Minus One Now you haven't had a lot of chance to talk, and
1: you've been the, the you've been. I prefer just to watch these two work. <laughs> okay. Make sure they, Make sure so they do their nice job correctly, and then I yell at them if they don't. Uh, as executive
0: producer, and as executive producer, I often you know I'm not that familiar with movie terms. Besides, what's your job besides corrupting the writer's purity? <laughs> what is it that you bring that. to you know? You've got his script, and you say you know more nudity,
1: more whatever.
0: Well, well, there's not Set me
1: straight. He goes, Mark said I was actually more of a producer than I was an executive producer. Well, an executive producer kind of oversees everything and is usually uh, known as the the money man, the monies came from a variety of sources. But uh, Mark said you're more a producer because I was on set just about every day, mm-hmm. contributing uh, on on any level. Whether he wanted it or not. Whether he wanted it or not, or I wanted to be involved. Okay, you know, I kind of oversaw things and kept the peace and put out fires whenever fires need to be put out. And, and like I said, they were both very generous in the fact that if I had thoughts or ideas or comments or criticisms, they were both very open to that, uh, which I thought was terrific because these two had already been in pre-production on this long before I got involved. So the fact that they let me in on that aspect of it was, was terrific. And I think after all the time we put into this, I think this little... Triangle of, of uh, I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going go on a limb and say talent. This triangle of talent uh, actually has, has produced a, a really a really good film. Well, I want to
0: share some of that because I, I I found um, I don't know if you knew this when you sent me this stuff. I found some of the evidence of uh, Dino's work on the film and. Uh, and I noticed that he had been able to write some of his own characters. He wrote his own character into the thing. He named it imaginably, Dean. <laughs> and then I found this is going out I on found a limb a there. the for that. Part that he put in there. It, says it was written in crayon. Dino, hello, I'm Dean. And that's, I believe, the line that you gave him. That's much more legible than I remember. It's written much it. more legible in the film. It was what you gave it. So that's <laughs> very, uh, <laughs> very funny. It's Very funny. It hit me when we're done <laughs> here. <at Fine>. <laughs> much neater than I would have written it. Yeah. Right. Right. yeah. Well, he had to be able to be. Scene from there. So, but you do get an act in this film, and you are in a scene in this film, and you've been in other films. Yes. And you thought that you read this uh, script about this, these guys going off to war, and you think, you know what that, and, and he says, you know what that needs? That needs more of me in it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, 10% but, more Dino. 10% the, now with I'm 10%, the, 10%. Percent of more cowbell.
1: <laughs> more, a, uh, more Dino, Dino in uh, the film. So. No, actually, I mean, we joked about it, and I said, you know, man, I'm, I'm loving this process so much, I, I, now I wish I was in it. And, and John said, well, well, let's let's do it. And so I said, when we looked at it, because the film does have a very serious tone, right? and there's a moment of, of small, a little bit of levity in, mm-hmm. in, in our scene, yeah. uh, which I think was it's, it's kind of a... A break for the audience too, a little bit, and it, it was a much longer scene, but <laughs> but even I, as executive producer, when they were editing, said that's got to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but you were
1: you did the editing? Yes, yes. And you did a remarkable job on the editing. I've, I've always wondered,
0: you know, you've got the director saying, or you're the co-directors right. in this case, saying, here's how it shot, here's how it lit, here's of heres." But there's all these sort of overlaps where as you as the editor come, can come in and say, you know what, this is the take I want, not this. And, and so you get all this stuff that seems to me to bleed into the director's kind of thing, which again, you know, it's such a collaborative art because right. you've got the writing and that's changed by the delivery of the actors, by this. Mm-hmm. So there's 10,000 things acting upon any one scene. And I'm curious how you dealt with that. You've got the executive producer Looking over your shoulder, you, breathing, breathing down, down your down neck. neck. We've got the co-director
3: and writer in on it. Uh, that I mean, must have been different than the usual. Sort yeah, of I, you role. know, John. I, as far as I mean, there's the certain stages of just picking takes. You know, what what is the best performance? What is not mm-hmm. the best performance? And John and I were pretty much on the same page with that. Um, but in the end, you know, you're right. The editing process does end up being the sort of final molding of the film. I guess, with the exception of adding music, which also ends up affecting the final result. Um, you know, and there are scenes that are gone. And there are scenes that are actually in a different order than they exist in the script because for the process it worked better for the mm-hmm. overall film. And I would basically bring them rough cuts and we'd sit and we'd talk about it and tweak a little more and tweak a little more. Um, but again, as you know, I, this is not, this is something I've done before. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that I was connected as a co-director but not as connected as a writer made it easier for me, you know, writing all filmmaking is about killing your babies. You have to take those things, you have to take mm-hmm. those things that you really really love. That's call, a horrible situation. <laughs> yeah, 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 this scene is awesome because we got the tiger and we got the explosion and it cost us so much money. You know if it doesn't work for the film you take it out. Mm-hmm. And and that's you know I think sometimes a problem with with the writer, director, actor, editor, auteur is it's tough to kill your babies. I have no problem killing John.
1: <laughs> not, at all. not at all. Or
3: his. <laughs> nah, I don't. Yeah. I, hey,
1: in my defense, I was the first one to say that's got to go. I mean, it did, I mean it, it's not a bad scene. It just, it's not it, a bad scene. It's just it, just, it just it was too long. A little too, too much Dino. A there's, too there, much. Now
3: there's just enough Dino. Okay. 20%
0: of Dino was too much. 10% was okay. Perfect. Where did you shoot in Columbus? Uh, how many loca- It was shot on location in Columbus. How many places were you able to take out that may have had mm. meaning for you as the writer when you identified him? Maybe it's not in the shooting script again. eBay that, that I have, but where, where, what, what, did you, where did you go, and how did you, how
2: did that affect the story that you were trying to tell? Uh, uh, we were, I don't know if we were in the same place. I think we were only in the same location uh, for for two days. We had two days in a in a bar. Uh, and the <laughs> and
0: then when did you start shooting? Um, yeah, but seriously, folks.
2: Uh, but all the other days, I think we're all, we were in, in, in different locations and sometimes two locations in one day. Mm-hmm. That was actually, a lot of that was taken care of in the, in the pre-production through, through scouting locations. I mean, that, that in a sense also kind of shaped how the movie was going to
1: be. Okay. Um, can I pull an executive producer move for got, yeah. you? we got about we're 30 out of seconds. Time. Yep. Running out of time. I want to tell people where they can see the movie. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Arena Grand on Tuesday, June the 29th. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. Tuesday, June the 29th. Doors open at 7. Uh, we're screening at 7.30. Because I, I know we were running I saw the guy go right. one minute yes. I, go, yep. I don't want to go through all this and that. Yeah. People um, not know when we're going to show know. the
0: movie. But it's also your website is...
3: one uh, the movie. Dot com. Okay. And there's a Facebook page in case people would like to keep mm-hmm. up with yeah. what we're doing and on simple. it.
2: And we ended up uh, taking Best Narrative Feature at the GI Film Fest. Right, right. We
3: so mentioned at the beginning. Thing. Congratulations
2: yeah. and thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. For more information about the movie Minus One, which will open June 29th at the Arena Grand Theater in Columbus, Ohio, visit www.minusonethemovie.com more information about our guest today you can also visit writerstalk.org where you'll find links to our Facebook page and many other writing related sites on the web and another link from this week is for the journal at Ohio State University and they're hosting an alumni writing competition so if you went to the Ohio State University and you're interested go to writerstalk.org and you'll be able to find out information about that by following the links there Our next guest is storyteller Kevin Cordy, who is the first storyteller in residence at The Ohio State University, in the Multicultural Center, and he is the creator of the Storybox Project, an international community-based program designed to collect and share stories from around the world. Here's a preview. Uh, so Your story marathon is you give me a genre, and I'll just tease you with a little to bit of a story. You, of 30 to 60 seconds of a story. Yeah, or so I come right up there. with anything. Yeah. I, I just do, you know. Just
5: a, a way to play.
0: A way to play. Yeah. And so you've got ghost stories, fairy right. tales, so, folk tales, true stories, all these things. You to throw something me. out, and we'll okay. do a marathon. All right. So let's do a 30-second mara- uh, a, uh, a ghost story. We can't no. dim the lights, but no, because I want to know the. But the
5: imagination can dim the lights all that more. Okay. If you go down to Clay County, West Virginia, you'll find Coin's Graveyard, but you got to go past Coyne's Graveyard, for there'll be a little old man who lives in a cabin and has three friends. They're actually not friends, they're his dogs, but they're not ordinary dogs, they're mangy mutts. And every now and then they're hungry, they're hungry all more often because they don't take charity, they may be poor. The preacher came in from the Southern Baptist Church, and he had a plate of fried gravy, and he said, "I brought this for you and he said, "Get out of here, get on out of here." And he said, "Dogs, get him." And that preacher left with mashed potatoes and gravy all over his head. But he was quiet. And he didn't say much, and he didn't get any neighbors coming around until the wind arrived.
0: That will be next time on Writer's Talk. Until then, this is Doug Dangler from The Ohio State University, Center for the Study and Teaching of Writing, saying... Keep writing.